All we need is a little understanding Walk a mile in their shoes And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride called life And if we keep our hearts open-minded We'll enjoy this wild ride, this wild ride called life And here we go. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the True Sweetheart Podcast. I'm going to start with something that just really caught my eye, and I love to read people's quotes or what the, their mantras and stuff like that because it really hits home. And so I'm going to start off with this before I get into who we have on today. Greatness is a choice you make over and over when you choose personal greatness. Big or small, it becomes a part of who you are. This comes from the mouth of Dr. Jen Welter. And I'm just really, really honored to have her on today because if you don't know who, who she is, you, you kind of need to. Um, there's a list of things, but I'm just going to read these off really quick. NFL's first female coach. First female coach in Madden. First female running back in men's pro football. Garidian Girls founder, speaker, writer, ground baker, all the things. She is a female trailblazer and such an inspiration for so many women out there. And I'm just really honored to have her on today to tell us all about it, tell us the background story, and just inspire you. So if you're listening or you're watching this, pull over, stop what you're doing, and take a listen. So thank you so much, Dr. Welter. I really appreciate you and your time and everything you're doing. You are so welcome. It's great to be here today. Thank you. So let's start. Did you ever think you would be where you are today? Um, here specifically, no, because there were, you know, no women in football um, that you could really see um, in terms of playing. And that's that's what I always wanted to do from a very young age is to look at the field and say, they look like real life superheroes and I want to be one. Um, but it was one of the first places in the world where someone ever told me that there was a difference between what boys were allowed to do and what girls were allowed to do. So I, I tell people I kind of like had a crush from afar. It was like, you know, I loved it and I hoped one day it would notice me. Um, but it wasn't a thing. So, um, it wasn't something I could dream about or prepare for, um, what I did know is, is that I wanted to do big things. And I think that was something I always had in my mind. I was this very, you know, little self-determined kid who just really got into things and was competitive, right? Like I was on the math team and I was in all of the, all of the plays. I loved playing characters and being up on stage. And I was very competitive in all the sports that I did. Um, my mom would tell you uh, when I was young, she walked in at one time and I was writing and I was writing on this piece of paper and she said, what are you doing? I said, I'm practicing my autograph. And she said, okay, uh, what are you practicing for? I'm going to be famous one day. And she said, well, what are you going to be famous in? I said, I'm not sure yet, either as an actress or as an athlete. And I think in what I do now, you do a little bit of both. So 
Maybe, maybe I was spot on. That's, I love that story. And I love that you envisioned it. You didn't know how it was going to happen, but it was going to happen and you made it happen. So did you run into roadblocks over time while you were trying to do this? And how did you handle that? You know, the good thing about football is you learn it's not a question of whether or not you're going to get knocked down, right? That's a part of the game. It's part of the job description, right? So then it starts being more of the focus on like, okay, how am I going to get back up, right? And when I get back up, let me do it with attitude. So you kind of get used to the fact that it's not easy, right? Like the path that that I chose and that so many women have chosen is not easy because, you know, they, they call football the final frontier for women in sports. So if you got into it thinking it was going to be an overnight success, wow, you know, I, I, am, I envy your confidence. Um, and so everything to me was about stepping up to all of the challenges that the game put in my way, which means there are going to be challenges, right? That is going to be part of the journey. And, you know, try not to get too stuck in one way of doing things or too married to um, it has to be this way or the highway because, you know, it it's not one way, right? And I think that that's, um, you know, I had somebody call me the the resilient Jen Welter and I was like, well, isn't that the truth, right? Like, I don't, I don't actually really know how to, um, how to do it any other way because we had to be creators like females by nature, especially in sports, you know, it's, it's harder. So, you know, the, the road is one that you're going to be multiple at all times, right? Like, you know, a guy might be just a football player. No, like a female um, is a football player. She's a marketer. She's, you know, um, she is a publicist. She is a salesperson. She is, you know, all of those things. And oh, by the way, she probably has family and has a real job that she has to do also. So I think it's just the, you know, the perception of what, what the journey is and how it's supposed to be. Um, I don't really know it any other way. Were you always this resilient? Were you always able to just get back up or were there times where you were just so overwhelmed that you're like, I don't know if I could do this. Absolutely. And I think that that's human. Right. I always say to people, I'm like, you know, they, they always say like, oh, how have you never quit? I'm like, oh, listen, I might have quit four or five times today, but then I quit it quitting because I didn't know what else I would do. Right. Um, and what you hope that you do is you don't necessarily quit because this is a part of who I am. Right. But you do maybe approach the situation a little bit differently or you do step back and say, I need a time out. Right. Or you say, you know what, today's not the day. Today is not the day that I take over the planet. Uh, today is Netflix and chill, right? Like, and, you know, being able to say like, hold on, time out, something's not moving right. And I might need to, to think about it a little bit or, you know, shift my focus so that my energy gets redirected or I come up with a new solution. I think, I think that's a lot of it, you know, and I do, I do a lot of things too. So um, I try and make sure if it's like, you know, we'll, we'll use physical training as an example. Like if I wake up and I'm, you know, hurting, well, I might focus on recovery or I might, 
just do a nice stretch and then get a workout in later, right? Same thing with business. It's like, if, you know, if, you know, like yesterday, my computer went away and I was frustrated. It wasn't downloading documents and everything on the computer was driving me batty, right? Like it was like, okay, this is not, this is not the computer day. Then what do you do? Do you quit? Do you throw your computer out the window or you say, you know what? Time out computer. I can do some stuff on my phone or I'm going to get on the phone and make some of the calls that I need to take instead of just sitting there and, you know, um, cause I did that for a little bit and my computer would have ended up probably in the river outside. So, you know, I, I think life is that way too. You know, sometimes you need some smarter voices than yours. One of my, one of my strategies is always if like energy feels blocked, if it feels stagnant, get up and be physically active. Um, you know, move your body because it also helps move your mind, right? Like, you know, you get those endorphins and it's like, oh, why didn't I think of that or talk to that person or, you know, um, but I think too often people get that fight or flight and it's like, I have to be right here. And, you know, they kind of fight themselves out of being able to look at the situation in another way, but don't think you're going to be all things to all people on all days. It's, it's not the case. Yeah. No, I appreciate you saying that because I think in today's society, we are so, our, our reactions are so different. Now we lose patience so quickly. We just sit here all day. We forget that there's still, you could get up and say, it's okay. I'll come back to it later. Yep. <laughs> we just get so into it. Well, and it's hard. such a, um, such an instant gratification society, right? Like, you know, Instagram and all of that stuff. They're not, they're not showing the work, the grind, the, uh, the, Oh, I have to do this. And I don't want to, they're not showing the, like anything but magic moments. And I think it gives this false sense of um, what the work looks like and what it takes to get there. You know, I had somebody tell me once I was an overnight success and I was like, yeah, 20 years in the making, <laughs> right? Like overnight. You know, it's not like, I mean, I'm like, I've been playing this sport for 20 years, right? Like, and sacrificing, you know, and practicing and, and you know, paying to play and doing all those things. And so the work has to be there, right? This, and then what you want is by the time the spotlight gets there, right? Or by the time the stakes are high, that you've done the work to be prepared so that it's like, okay, it's go time. It's not like, oh, what am I doing? You know, there will be moments of that for sure. Like, you know, an NFL press conference. That was one of those moments when, you know, you're used to being a woman in sports where it's like, you know, hey, do you want my autograph? And people be like, ah, did you ruin my T-shirt? Like, what's going on? Right. Like, they'd be like, don't write on my T-shirt. Why would you do that to all of the sudden, you know, standing room only um, lights, camera action, um, you know, moments, but the work was always there. It's just that when the lights turn on, they're so bright that that's all people see because they weren't with you on the journey. Yeah. Do you feel pressure being, I mean, you, you have, you've done groundbreaking things. I mean, you are, you know, the, the person that people are like, I, if she could do it, I can do it. So do you feel pressure or you just tell people, well, you know, what, what would you say? It's absolutely pressure, but it, it's also good pressure, right? Like life isn't without pressure. Yeah. Um, 
And the way I deal with the pressure, honestly, is I look at kids. Mm -hmm. Um, Politics is tough, you know, um, doing big adult things. Those are tough, right? Mm -hmm. Like there is pressure there. There's right and wrong answers. There's people who love you for it. There's people who don't, you know, no matter what you're, you're divisive in your existence, right? Like a first means you changed something. And if somebody didn't want that change, they may not like the person who did it. So you have to know that you're, you're not winning popularity contests in that way because there are people who, you know, don't want change. And so, you know, I remember times when that was just overwhelming, right? Because I'm like, why are you mad at me? Right? Like I, I'm a, I'm a nice person. I try and help people. Like, wasn't like there was any scandals about me. Like I just, you know, I came in and I happened to be a football person and have a PhD and the guys liked it. And yet, meanwhile, you can be that person in one space and the outside world doesn't see you that way. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there were some cruel articles. There was, you know, I mean, I got death threats. I mean, those, those things are very real and very hard. And I never wanted those things to be my narrative. So I would take them and then put my war paint on and put my face out to the world because I didn't want to give anybody any reason that they could close the door on women coaching football. Right. So if it was hard, I looked to all of the women that I'd played with for so long and knowing that, you know, there were women who could have done just what I did. I just happened to be in the right place at the right time and qualified to do it. I was no in in no way the only one who could do it. No way. I just happened to be the one who did it. Right. Mm-hmm. And I was doing it for all of us. And that meant I had to be strong and I had to find strength that, you know, if it was just me by myself and they were going to give me death threats for just existing, probably not. Mm-hmm. But for all of those women that I cared about, yes. And at one time when I felt lost and I felt separated from the game of football and I felt like, you know, I had, I had done these big things and yet still didn't, you know, kind of didn't feel like I had a place at that time. Right. It was like, I was trying to do a lot for the women, um, but was still a little bit of an outsider with the guys. And, you know, I wasn't, actively playing or actively coaching. So it was kind of like I was a little bit in, in each world and, and trying to build bridges and feeling like I could never do enough, no matter how much I was trying to do, it was never enough. And I, I started to wonder like, why am I fighting so hard? Right. If it feels like I'm fighting by myself, why am I fighting so hard? And I decided that the reason I had to fight so hard was for every little girl who like me was told she didn't fit or told she wasn't enough or girls didn't do that. And that they didn't have someone to look at. Cause I didn't, I didn't have a poster of a female in football uh, player that I could put on my wall and say, I'm going to do that. Right. And so the thing I started to say is if I'm not the one who, who does that, then the wrong woman was the first female coach in the NFL. And that's when I started Gridiron Girls. Um, 
you know, I, I remember even that being harder than it felt like it should be. I think, I think that's the part that gets really tough is like you do big things and then immediately it's like, okay, what's next? Like that wasn't enough. Right. And nobody's got a roadmap for you and you see the bigger problems, right? Like, okay, I'm going to do a book, right? Like that seems logical. And then, and then all of the publishers turned it down and said, women in football doesn't sell. And I'm like, pretty sure I was the first. So how many times have you tried? Well, they've never tried, but they like to repeat patterns of success. And so there was no pattern that they could justify, you know, that this would do well. Right. So then I'm not, you know, oh, I fought again. Then now I get turned down by the book people. Now I get this. You know, it's like the the higher you go, the more um, you know, the more um universal the problems become, right? Like I, I was so used to being just head down in football and we gotta fix football. And then it was like, oh my gosh. There's lots of problems in, say, women in sports and then, you know, women getting book deals and, and media. And you start to think like, oh, my gosh, like there's so much here. And how do how do we climb out? How do we win? And so when the girls camps, they said they wouldn't work. I was like, you know what? OK. And it it pissed me off enough. Right. Like, that's why I say I'm I'm. I'm stuck on stubborn sometimes. And that's why the logo for Gridiron Girls literally is fingernails through a football because I, and I drew it myself. So I didn't have somebody to do all that stuff for me. Everybody imagines there's this giant machine around me that's like PR and marketing and, and, you know, a manager and an agent. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're looking at her. Yep. PR right here. Uh, Mark, yeah, uh, doing it all. Right. And so, drew the logo and then got with some of my friends and said, you know, I really want to do this. And I said, all right, let's figure it out. Right. And, and I self-funded a bunch of those camps. And our goal was to do 12 camps in a year in the first year. And we ended up doing 18 um, because people were just like, Oh my gosh, like, you know, friends of mine who are moms, right? Like my friend Rashmi in Miami, my friend Natalie in Colorado, uh, my friend Julie in San Diego, they were like, let us host a camp here. Like, I want my daughter to have this. And they really picked up and, you know, Cynthia in Ohio, like, you know, and, and that's just four women off the top of my head that were like, you know what girls need this, they need you. Let me, let me help carry some of that weight. And I really, it was so phenomenal um, because I couldn't have done it. Um, and just to, to see that energy and then, you know, Adidas ended up coming in and really falling in love with the girls camps. And um, every time I could give those girls a piece of the confidence that I had in taking on the world through football in this place in the space that, you know, everybody told me that I couldn't be. And I wanted the girls to see that I had heard it too, but that we could come through. Those girls would give me life. Right. Like, you know, the, the look on their face, the joy when they caught a ball or a little girl saying, oh, my gosh, Coach Jen, I learned a secret. What? What's the secret? She's like, Girls can play football. Right. right? And all of those moments um, would, you know, get me like, OK, 
all right, this is the why. This is yeah. this is pick your head up. This is keep your feet moving because they need you and they deserve you. And you might not have, like I might not have it in myself. And there are many days when I haven't, but I have it for them. Yeah. And I think that that's where we do great things. If it's all about you, then it's just your ego. If it's too hard or you're too big, then you'll just stop. And for me, uh, you know, the, the world revolves around, you know, that look of confidence on a girl's face or meeting a girl um, who hasn't yet gotten to go to one of my camps. And she said, you know what one of my goals is? No, what's that? I want to be in a Gridiron Girls video. And I'm like, Right. Like then I go, I got more work to do. That's, that's, that's beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. I, I just, it's so inspiring to hear that you have this why and you're seeing your, all these girls are looking up to you and you're, you're making such huge changes. And I think we need, we need more of that. We, we absolutely need more people like you to just take the lead and say, okay, let's, let's do it. And not just say, well, it's too hard and I don't know how it's going to happen. You just made it happen. And you had the support system that is amazing that made it happen. So congratulations on that. I can't wait to, to see more. Yeah. And relationships are so important. Yeah. Like, you know, I remember at the Cardinals press conference and I still listen to it sometimes. Like I've listened to it. And I'm like, I don't even know if that makes sense. Right. But like it was a quote that everybody picked up on. And I was like, you can't can't blaze a trail alone or you're going to get stuck in the woods. Right. Like, and yet I was like, well, you can blaze, you can blaze a trail in the wood, but you may not make it out. I don't know if that's what I meant to say, but people were like, Oh yeah, you know, it's so deep. And I was kind of like, I don't, I don't know if that came out the way I wanted it to, but it really is a matter of, you know, it's not a, it's not about just me and I haven't done it alone. Right. Yeah. I, I Football, we have teammates, right? And and they are, and and I I love the sport so much because it has taught me so much about being a good human, right? Mm -hmm. On a football field, we are every make, model, shape, size, creed, color, you know, socioeconomic status, educational background, you know, religion, like you name it, we've got it. Sexual orientation and what we learn about each other. It's not that there aren't differences, right? Like you, you know, it's not like, I, I, you know, you can't see that I'm short or somebody else is tall. Like those differences are there, but we're in a situation where we have a shared vision and goal and we learn about each other as we are and then work together to maximize people's very different, very special qualities, right? Mm -hmm. Like we, we work to put each other in a position of success and we will lay out and block for each other and, and we will, you know, sacrifice so that someone else can score. And I think we need to remember that that's how the world works when it works well, right? Mm -hmm. Like those women who picked up and said, I'll do a camp for you. I couldn't have done it without them. Yeah. And it wouldn't have been nearly as fun. Right. Like yeah. those are then my friends and I got to impact my friends and, you know, their kids and, you know, their kids friends. And, you know, one of my friends um, was so excited about the camp. And then she told me that, you know, her daughter and some of the girls were being bullied. So then, you know, 
we could add an element of discussing some of those things without making it feel like, you know, oh, like I'm just talking about bullying because you're going through it. Like I can talk about it. Like this is just the thing and this that we deal with it and make it very special for those girls, not, oh, there's something wrong with you because you're going through it. So um, I think there's just a real beauty in in listening and finding people that that think like you do and roll like you do. And, you know, I could have like my sisters in the game of football um, out on the field with me as coaches and then in different markets have the girls say, I want to go watch them play. That's right. Yeah, you do. You don't watch me play. The, you know, I don't live here, yeah. but they do. And, you know, build those bridges. So being very intentional about how not only having the camps and helping the girls would help the girls, but how it would help the sport and all the people in it. That's amazing. That's, that's a genius idea. I'm so, I'm so happy to hear, hear that because there are so many girls out there who want to do things, but they're afraid or, or they're being judged for it. And, yeah. and we need to bring more power back to them so that they can go ahead and do it. And I, I think about, since I, I was in the military, I think about all the women after me who became the first sniper or f became the first Green Beret or for all these firsts, it's like, that is, that's so amazing to me. Yeah, it so is. amazing. And thank you for your service. Oh, thank you. Is an army, is an army veteran. Um, oh. He was in Vietnam. I definitely get my, um, my uh, code, I would say um, from him. He's, you know, he has a silver star and two bronze stars. And, wow. you know, we laugh all the time. He was like, I was telling him a story. I just said, Jenny, you're just like me. He's like, I was a great warrior and a terrible soldier. And that's you. I will thank him. You don't get to be a soldier because, you know, you're in, you're in the front. So <laughs> I get it from my dad. I come by it honestly. <laughs> I love it. So I think one of the things I forgot to ask you was besides all these amazing things that you have done and you're continuing to do, who is Jen Welter behind all of this? Um, hopefully a good friend, <laughs> um, good listener, um, very, very much a kid at heart. Um, super creative, which I, I get from my mom. Um, she was an art teacher. My sister actually went to art school. So a lot of people don't expect that. Um, you know, I write a lot, um, kids books now, but I always did some kind of, um, poetry or something. Um, even in my first book, play big, which was my adult book. Um, my dad read it and he was like, Jenny, I had no idea you were so deep. Oh. <laughs> So a lot goes on in, in my head. Um, I definitely get my therapy through, through working out. Um, I am, I have a beautiful niece and a beautiful nephew who even cool too. I, I would have them help me with the books, um, which is really fun to get their feedback and see what they liked and, you know, um, how they responded to them. And um, so that was really cool. And, um, you know, I have a, a very small family by birth. It's just, um, I lost my grandparents very early. So it's just my mom, my dad, I have one sister, 
uh, no first cousins, um, a niece and a nephew and a, and a brother-in-law, obviously, you know, they didn't, ha- they didn't happen by themselves. I guess they could have been adopted, <laughs> but you know, I, I focus on the niece and nephew cause they're cute. Sorry, brother-in-law. Bad <laughs> um, and then just one aunt and one uncle. So a very, very small family, which I think, um, has benefits and, and drawbacks, you know, you don't have that huge, um, pull of people that you can go to. Mm-hmm. So, um, but then very much found like a family in, in football. Right. Um, and, and I think that's also why it's been so significant in my life. Um, yeah. So, you know, but a quirky, I, I like to think that I have quick wit and, um, you know, that that has served me well in a lot of these tough situations. I think I would do, I think I would focus on stand up or being a performer if in some way, if I wasn't, um, you know, coach, um, because then, you know, it would be like a political statement on everybody, everything, if I did it, but, you know, really it's just kind of me being, being the person that I am. And I, you know, I found out from some of the people that I coach that, um, that I needed to let more people see that because they're like, coach, you, you know, people are kind of scared of you. Like they think they're like really serious. So you might want to like, let them know like the other side, like the side that we know that's got jokes all the time. And I was like, <laughs> okay, all right. So trying to be better about that, but you know, um, I guess that's it. And I, I do like, I do like to connect um, dots. Like I like to say, I like to solve human puzzles. I like to really, get in and know people and, and situations and help solve them. Um, and I'm teaching a class for the first time, which is fun at Ryerson university and leadership communication. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's been really cool. I made, I made my whole class, put a, put a live stream on uh, with like one hour notice and they knocked it out of the park the other week. Cause they were, <laughs> you know, they were, they were, um, really hard on themselves in terms of putting content out there and afraid it was going to be judged. And, you know, you know, this, you've been in the military, you know, the best way to get rid of fear. <laughs> just go. Right? Like, just you don't have time to think about it. You don't have time to think about it, like worry about it over everything. And so I, I realized we were, we were having class on international women's day. Right. And I'd been in demand all day. Couldn't quite keep up, you know, flustered. And I was like, okay. And here I have all these sports media students and they have me to themselves for like three hours. That wasn't really well thought out, Jen. Um, and so I told them instead of one of the assignments that we were going to do, what they were going to do is work together to come up with a way to do international women's day and that they had me at their disposal. And I left the room. Well, left the zoom and they came up with, doing a live stream, putting it on somebody's platform, doing all the graphics and all of those things. And I think they surprised themselves, right? I really do. And I think, you know, things like that to me are special. And that, and that's that I, I hope I can be that person in, in people's lives when given the opportunity. So. I love that. That's really amazing. Oh my gosh. What would you want? Or actually, what is your goal for the next five to 10 years? What would you like to do next? I don't know yet. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, my, my whole career has been about um, 
you know, really stepping up to challenges that I hadn't foreseen before they were there. And so I still have that attitude in, you know, everyday life that, you know, I may not, you know, I know there's a plan for me. I've always believed that. And I guess that's why I don't stress it as much. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think, you know, I'm not privy to all that information and that that part may not be written yet. And what I, my role and responsibility is, is to continue to be consistent in who I am, um, continue to do my best to be a, a positive voice and role model and use my creative talents to, you know, uplift others, right? That's, that's the common thread. If it's speaking, if it's writing kids books, if it's writing adult books, um, you know, there it's generally what makes me happy is helping other people. And so um, whether that's going back to coaching full time or, or something else, I'm not really sure yet. And I think, I think for a lot of us, COVID has been hard in that because the momentum that some areas had stopped and then other momentum will pick up. So um, I am trying to just be open to, you know, what, what the world has in store for me or what's building. Cause I don't think I know that answer yet. Yeah, no, I appreciate that answer. It's, he definitely has a plan. So we just open up our eyes and go with it. So I, I love that. So where can people find your children's books and your, all your books? <laughs> all the books are on Amazon. Um, so the kids book series is called Critter Fitter, using critters to get kids fitter through motion and emotion. Um, there are four books in that series. Um, Critter Fitter with Busy Bee and Adventure and Movement is a physical book. Um, it's about a 20 minute workout parents can do with their kids. Um, a dynamic warm up, um, animal based exercises that play pretend in the middle, and then a cool down. Then the next book, When a Ladybug Can't Hug, that teaches how to connect through the heart while staying three uh, six feet apart. And then where a mask says, I love you, goes through all of the CDC guidelines, gives the mask a hero story and allows kids to be a proactive, positive part of the solution. Um, and then the Resilient Ants um, is an ant-filled adventure with characters like Brilliant and Disinfectant and Sergeant and Lantern, who, oh. um, you know, who go to self-quarantine and get armed with antibodies and knowledge so that they will have every advantage to getting back to school, back to work and return to play after COVID. That is so cute. (laughs) I love that. Okay. That's, I love that. Now, what would you want to, what would be some final words that you would want to leave for those that are watching and listening? Just, you know, I've been told I was wrong so many times along the way, right? Everything I couldn't, shouldn't, and wouldn't do. And what if everything that everybody told you was wrong about you is actually what made you special? If it's actually what made you right, if it's actually your own special sauce, instead of trying to fit into or conform to, um, 
other people's ideas, why not really lean into who you are and who you want to be in the world? And it's not easy, right? There are people who aren't going to like you for it, but you're never going to have everybody like you. Doesn't doesn't happen. Only time you're going to be neutral is if you're invisible, right? Like as if they don't even know that you exist. That's the only way that no one's going to have something bad to say, right? And then they might even find something anyway. Like, why is there a void here? I don't know. Um, You know, I mean, people are weird. So it's, it's, life is hard. There's Mm -hmm. lots of hard. We don't have to be as hard on ourselves at all time, especially not for just not fitting someone else's expectation. It's your life, right? And you get to decide who you want to be in the world and why not make that decision, be decisive about it, and then attract the people who appreciate you for it, as opposed to fighting to keep people who don't see you for your best self. I love that. That's so true. And I'm so glad you said that. It's so hard sometimes when we let other people's ideas of us or just their judgment, it could really can really get to you. So we have to just remember who we are. I love that. Thank you for saying that. You are so very welcome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Dr. Welter, for your time. And especially thank you for just being you, because I think this authenticity of the person behind all these things that you have done, I think that's what we need to see more of. And I think it's, I know it's, it's, going to be so helpful with our listeners here and make such huge impact. So I really appreciate you. I can't wait to see all the impact you're going to continue to do. And so everybody that's watching and listening, go follow Dr. Welter on, she's on LinkedIn, she's on Facebook, she's on Instagram. And where else? Anywhere else I'm missing? Um, those are the main ones. And okay. also jenwelter.com is my website if if ever. Right. Um, yeah. Great. Thank you so much. And I appreciate so you. Absolutely. Keep up the good work. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Truths We Hide podcast created and founded by your host, Annette, the founder of A Wild Ride Call Life. Also, a big thank you to all of our sponsors for each and every episode that is aired. We have so much support from them and all of our listeners. You can find more information at www.awildridecalllife.com.